Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Into the Forest, Purple Rain, Maggie's Plan, A Bigger Splash, The Man Who Knew Infinity, and much more. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. More information about the Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world, please visit bookshelf.ca. It's no secret that eco-friendliness is a top priority for the Hillside Festival. Boasting a green roof, waste management system, a green team, and much more, the Hillside Festival is one of the cleanest and greenest festivals around. This year, the Hillside Festival is excited to announce that the children's area will be powered entirely by a pedal area, with volunteers on stationary bikes pedaling to power the area all weekend long. To learn more about the Hillside Festival, taking place July 22nd to the 24th, and its green initiatives, visit hillsidefestival.ca. For your own pleasure, a well-hidden treasure, Pizza Chocadero. We serve delicious gourmet pizza with daily made dough, homemade sauce, and fresh toppings cut by hand. Ask us for our two-one special. Pizza Chocadero, open weekdays till 9, weekends until 10. Located at 7 Municipal, north of College in Edinburgh. Proud to be an independent family-owned business. Call 519-829-2444 or visit trocadero.ca Creative Control with Bish It's Arrested Development No, no I'm not, I'm not gay No, Lindsay, how many times must we have this No I want to be an actor. I suppose I'm uh, bi-curious. <laughs> because I'm a woman. No, there are very few intelligent, attractive, and straight men in this town. Well, that certainly leaves me out. <laughs> Let me take off my assistant skirt and 
put on my Barbara Streisand in the Prince of Tides ass-masking therapist pantsuit. I need to prove to her that I'm not just a man, but a man's man. You know what I ought to do? I ought to check myself into a men's penal colony. Nice to be back in a queen. Let me out that queen. Well, yes, but I'm afraid I prematurely shot my wad on what was supposed to be a dry run, if you will, so now I'm afraid I have something of a mess on my hands. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. I figured if I blew myself early, I'd be nice and relaxed for a nine o'clock dinner reservation. Oh, I got blown! I so very much would like to be in your prostaticular. Or it could be your colon. I'd want to get in there and find some answers. Well, well I see you wasted no time in filling my seat hole. David Cross is a gifted comedian, actor, author, and writer who originally hails from Atlanta, Georgia. For almost 30 years now, he's been at the vanguard of comedy, writing and or performing on influential and hilarious TV programs such as The Ben Stiller Show, Mr. Show, Arrested Development, The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret, With Bob and David, and many, many more. He's appeared in dozens of feature films, published a book of essays called I Drink for a Reason, and he's well known for his three incisive stand-up records, Shut Up, You Fucking Baby, It's Not Funny, and bigger and blackerer. He's on a world tour right now for a stand-up show he's calling Making America Great Again, which includes Canadian stops in Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal beginning July 22nd. Here now to discuss some of what I just said is David Cross. Uh, hi, David. How are you? It's quite a CV. Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Stockholm. Uh, just got here about an hour ago. I was in Antwerp. And uh, I got Stockholm and then uh, Copenhagen and then Oslo. And then I go back to the States for a bit. Right. So you're in Europe uh, as uh, Brexit is happening, as the EU referendum is taking place. Can you describe the mood, the tone, uh, as you speak to people about what's going on? Oh, just shock. I mean, utter, utter shock and dismay. And, you know, I think it's, it, it didn't feel, it was like a, um, a waking dream for the first day, and then it's kind of settling in, and then there's a lot of anger and recrimination and finger-pointing and blame going around, and uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, people are, are pretty upset. You spend a fair amount of time in England uh, working on your show, uh, the, the Todd Margaret show that I alluded to earlier. Uh, what is your own personal take on what's happening? Well, I mean, it's a shared uh, uh, feeling. I, I, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and I talked about it uh, quite a bit in my sets uh, over there. Um, and, uh, you know, London, I think, pretty much voted... I don't know what the exact figure is, but you know, ninety something percent to to remain, and uh, and there were little pockets of remain, uh, uh, you know, Scotland, uh, Northern Ireland, and um, and a lot. It's it's very uh, uh, um, similar to in the states where you'd have the uh, the more liberal kind of urban progressive areas uh and the and the kind of seats of finance whether it was like new york or san francisco voting kind of for progressive stuff and then you have the more rural uh suburban pockets that would 
you know, both conservative and right wing. And it was similar in, uh, in the UK for, for the uh, referendum. And, uh, and there's a lot of misinformation, lots and lots of misinformation, uh, just like there is in the States when there's a referendum or a campaign. And I think people are just shocked that, you know, that's how it turned out. And not only that, but, uh, there were a lot of, there was a lot of kind of, uh, uh, buyer's remorse, as it were, for people who didn't just are angry now because they're like, what, what do you, what do you mean we lost a trillion dollars in the budget overnight? What do you mean the pound has had the biggest drop in 31 years? What are you talking about? You didn't tell me this, you know? So it's, it's pretty crazy over there and it really is. They can dress it up however they want, but it's really about immigration. I mean, it's, it, it is, they can beat around the bush or, you know, paint it however they want to, but it really is about you know, get rid of the polls, get rid of no Muslims, no more Muslims. I mean, that's what it is. And, yeah. you know, America can hopefully take the great lesson in uh, what happened. I don't recall seeing so much reporting on the, like, you know, one of the things we've seen is people who voted leave, they've been highlighted in the media as regretting their decision, as you say, buyer's remorse. I don't recall seeing that happen so often in the media where they will actually report on the wave of regret. Um, that seems tactical to me. Would you agree? Well, I, I mean, it depends on who's doing the reporting. Is it, you know, uh, uh, is it the Daily Mail and the Daily Express and, the, um, you know, the Independent, the Telegraph? Who's, who's doing the reporting? I've, you know, the ones that are not owned by Murdoch uh, are... Um, you know, uh, reporting that side of things when that are owned by Murdoch aren't. And that goes with uh, television outlets as well. You mentioned that when you boil it down, it's immigration, uh, really. That's really the issue here. And it does seem like for every great inroad we make in progressiveness, uh, there is this, this sort of situation unfolds. I'm curious about your perspective on the state of progressiveness. I mean, the, the way liberals deem it. Sometimes I worry that it's a mirage, that we live in a vacuum and we don't really know what's going on in terms of these outlying communities. What's your take on that? Well, I can't, I don't feel comfortable speaking to the uh, the state of liberalism or progressivism. I just, I just I'm not uh, engaged enough. I, I think there is uh, an astounding amount of misinformation that people don't, that the sources that they're, that, I mean, look at, uh, you know, I just, just uh, as, a, as a small microcosm of that, just the Bernie Sanders versus Hillary shit, all the stuff that would come out on Facebook, people post, you know, sending me, you know, uh, pro-Hillary people, pro-Bernie people, sending articles, no idea about what the source is, who said it, and they're just, that's, that's, it's, it's, uh, People are happily willing to have their bias predetermined uh, choice informed by the things that that uh, adhere to that choice that they've already made. It's not a lot of critical thinking at all, and that uh, certainly goes for progressives and liberals and whoever it is. Do you, Do you think that echo chamber leads to complacency? Not complacency. I think it, it's just. A, a misinformed electorate. Hmm. You know, I think there's, I mean, look, we've seen tons of political activism from 
uh, you know, Bernie supporters and Hillary supporters and Trump supporters. I mean, those are active people. I don't find them complacent at all. Mm-hmm. I just, they're just ill-informed, I should say, or half-informed or, you know, don't have, it's a lot of uh, hyperbolic, you know, histrionic uh, uh, stuff that's just not, it's not helpful. No, and I don't mean the supporters themselves. I meant the people sharing the links. I think sometimes when you share a link, you're like, well, I did it. I did my job. Uh, that's good. Other people are doing stuff, and I told everyone else they're doing it. I'm done. That's what I mean. <laughs> well, judging judging from the sheer volume of links uh, I get, then no, because they're not stopping at one. <laughs> that means all they do is sit on the Internet, sit on their phone, forward shit, you know, it's not. There's no critical thinking, though. There really isn't. Right. Very little. Right. Now you've titled your 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 latest show "Making America Great Again." This is obviously an adoption. That was a terrible mistake. I made a terrible mistake, and I can't get it back, no matter how hard I try. What? Uh, what? I, uh, why the regret? Why the buyer's remorse? Because I. It was just such a goofy, tossed-off title, and then I think a lot of people are expecting like an hour of political stand-up, and it's just not the case. I mean, I definitely have, you know, I talk about Trump, I talk about gun control, uh, but there's plenty of other stuff in there. And I feel like some people come to the show thinking, or avoid the show, thinking, oh, it's going to be in, you know, an hour off on Trump, and it certainly isn't that. Did you name it when you thought his campaign was not going to have legs? Yeah. Well, that was back in, uh, like, end of December, maybe even earlier. And I certainly didn't think he'd be the uh, Republican nominee, that's for sure. It seems like a lot of people have under- underestimated his chances, uh, you include. I mean, Michael Moore, rec- oh, yeah. Michael Moore recently stated that he's very afraid of the possibility that Donald Trump will be president, and he suggested that one of the only ways to stop him was through mockery and... When I saw the title of the, of your show, I assumed obviously you're making fun of him. What do you make of Michael Moore's yeah. statement? I mean, I make fun of the. Uh, I mean, just that title is in and of itself. Uh, uh, you know, speaks to the you know how um, simplistic a term and and just emotional and silly and empty and vapid it is. But uh, and again, not to say that I'm not talking about Trump and America and ridiculous politics because I do but it's just not you know it's not like a one man show where I'm goofing on Trump you know that's all okay but I mean Trump represents more than him well he wouldn't say he represents more than himself I don't think a lot of people think he represents anything more than himself but he's obviously now become a figurehead for some kind of movement well he's a spokesperson for the anger that's been, you know, uh, and a lot of it is understandably, I, you get where it's from, it's anti-establishment, I get that, but it's the path it's taken that's so dismaying, you know? Yeah, that's true. Now, from, from my perspective, your work often highlights, and I think delights, in the mockery of liars and hypocrites, particularly those who are in power and are often documented contradicting themselves or doing stupid things. When someone is behaving in so intellectually a laughable manner, a manner as Donald Trump, what kind of challenges do you actually face in cutting him down? Well, I, I found that uh, the, the most effective thing is to use his own words. And I, I, there are a couple times within the 
chunk of material where I talk about Trump where I'm like, this is what he said, and I quote, and, you know, expand, expand on it, but it's just using what he said. But is it... Div- I don't think there's anything more effective than that. Yeah, I mean, but... Yeah, I think uh, it, it seems like some of your... You sound frustrated. I sound frustrated? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's just that I, I, I've talked about this many times on this show with people about comedy and satire and its efficacy now because I worry mm-hmm. that people... It's not it's, it's no fault of the people who are who are doing the satirizing. I just worry that it's almost not... A, it used to have this power and now I feel like there's just so much shit that it's not able to you know, cut through it as much. Well, I think part of the problem is, is just the, is the act itself of dissecting satire and looking for, looking for it to have an immediate effect. I mean, there's, there are people way more succinct and funnier and sharper than I am who on a daily basis or nightly basis are, are commenting but, you know, it's, again, it's, you're kind of preaching that the converted, which I am as well. Uh, although, trust me, on the, on the American part of the tour, there was a good 15, 20% that were, uh, not being converted to. Uh, but, um, or I should say not being converted. But, uh, uh, I, I think when you start dissecting, uh, and analyzing comedy and satire and parody and all that, it it just loses it, it loses its punch. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's really not meant to be anything more than you know making people laugh. Uh, hopefully, they're learning something. Maybe it's edifying in some way. But you know, to expect it to you know change much is, is I think putting a little bit. Uh, Pressed, uh, little pressure on, too much pressure on it, you know? Yeah, I think people have the same expectations of lots of art forms. They expect it to uh, uh, cause, or rather, uh, impact social change. So it, yeah, it seems like that was a everything role... Everything can't be... Uh, it can't, everything's not going to be Stravinsky or, you know, Sallow or something like that, you know? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you'd mentioned world if it was. You, you'd mentioned that Trump is the spokesman for a wave of discontent, anti-anti-establishment discontent. On some level, Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. was as well, uh, and continues to be. Oh, definitely. You, yeah. there is a one of the things that I think that you are uh, astute about is pointing out that people don't question things enough, uh, and there's a lot of in- misinformation that that they don't maybe process in the in the in the proper way and there's a lot of mistrust on the left and the right of everything including expertise and in like you know people just don't trust anything right that's yeah. that seems very dangerous to me that we don't like i don't I, i'm in the same boat like i often question what i'm being told in the sources as you say but on some level i want to believe i want to believe when an expert tells me that the climate is changing but there's this wave of, right. on both sides, there's people do not trust any information. Do you have any sense of what's going on there, why that's happening? Uh, I, I, maybe it's just the glut of misinformation that they, that could be, you know, the, the information, what was once just simply the corrections column in New York Times until 30 years ago is now you're constantly seeing, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
well, look, dude, I'm a comic. I'm not a, <laughs> you know, I'm not a uh, an expert in, um, I, you know, I don't teach at Columbia University. I, 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 I just think uh, uh, perhaps it's a, um, I, I, I mean, there's so many levels to it. There's, are you t- there could be conspiracy theorists, like people who believe in chemtrails, people mm-hmm. believe in Area 51, that we didn't land on the moon, and that speaks to, I think, the, this, the sense of powerlessness people feel and their paranoia over uh, secretive... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, the... the G7, Davos, Bilderberg Group, uh, uh, Bohemian Grove type of meetings, you know, where, you know, the, 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 the handshakes behind closed doors, the things that we do know about. The, uh, I, so, yeah, I mean, it's probably, I've, I've really uh, lost a lot on that. Answer, so. <laughs> well, it, do, it does seem to me that in talking about these, this political campaign, there's conspiracies afoot on either side. It's all I hear about. Someone didn't do this properly, and this cost everyone votes, and you know that's there just seems to be this more of a belief in conspiracies than facts, and that's where I'm coming from, and that's that seems very dangerous to me, and I feel like I mean I, that is dangerous, but I think part of the problem is people are seeing and this is what I was speaking to earlier. People are getting their information and saying that's a fact. Uh, the, the people that yeah, yeah. are convinced that they're that global warming is a scam are looking at the or or ignoring the fact that um that exxon i believe it was exxon you know paid people scientists to come up with uh, uh papers that completely refuted that even though those people knew they were lying and they don't see that as a fact they see that as you know a conspiracy on the left to just one more thing yeah one more piece of bullshit trying to make us believe it, you know. So you can you can show somebody a fact on the left or the right. It's uh, true for both. And they will dismiss that out of hand um, because of its source. Oh, you're just trying to trick me. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's just another way the left or the right is trying to trick me. Well, it leads me to a question about hope, <laughs> uh, because I think often questioning cynical people are deemed hopeless by others. What's your relationship with hope or optimism really like? Because I think you come across in a certain way, and it's an incisive—you have an incisive persona, I suppose, 
and there's a sense on some level that you're very i mean you're cynical and i think that's justified but what is your relationship like with with hope and optimism do you consider yourself hopeful or not or optimistic i mean i am uh it's true that i'm a cynical person for sure uh because i look at the information that you know some of the examples i've just talked about and uh i can't ignore them but that's not to say i'm not hopeful uh i look at my you know my wife gives me hope my friends give me hope uh uh children give me hope so i do have hope i don't think mankind is evil by nature uh but uh, bernie sanders that's probably the most hopeful thing mm-hmm. i've seen in my lifetime mm-hmm. you know uh, I mean, that was that was uh, a shock that he got as far as he, he did, you know, and uh, and that's hopeful. And that's about the youth of America. That's about yeah. the kids, you know, that's uh, that's not my generation. Yeah. No, so that's that's fair. That, that makes me hopeful. So, yeah. OK. <laughs> OK. David, uh, to switch gears here into your own work uh, with Bob and David was uh, really wonderful, and I, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for making that. Are there well, are there plans for more episodes? Are there other plans uh, of yours that we should know about? Well, they're not solid, but uh, we have uh, both of us. You know, said I've always said like um, we are. You know, we want to. Uh, do it again. It's very tough because of our schedules. Bob has a very strict schedule, a uh, very strict schedule because of Better Call Saul, and uh, mm-hmm. and mine's a little more kind of you know amorphous, all over the place. It's changing, and uh, um, but that's really the only issue. Um, we want to do more. Netflix would be happy to have us do more, and and we'll figure it out at some point. We definitely will. But uh, I think we're going to miss this window as well like we missed uh we missed this year that we would be doing it we would have done it um over the winter right but uh bob was doing a movie and i was doing this thing and um and we'll see about next year okay and i i guess i would be remiss if i didn't ask about arrested development because that was a bit of a shock that it came back Uh, have you had any talks about doing more with that you know i know the same thing uh uh the same thing that happened during uh, uh, the talk of series four, season four, which is, uh, um, you know, they want to do it. They're trying to work out the deals between the uh, numerous entities that own the actual uh, work. Um, and then at the, at the very end, when you get all that done, uh, then it's a matter of scheduling whatever it is, 11 actors who live all over the place who are involved in all their own stuff. And that's, quite difficult to do but um i can't tell you everybody would love to do it again okay you know, treat absolute pleasure and uh i would love to do it again and uh such a fun part to play too yeah absolutely well once again david cross is touring behind his show making america great again which is a title he regrets uh and it uh there's a july canadian stops in calgary on the 22nd edmonton on the 23rd toronto on the 24th and 25th Ottawa on the 26th, and Montreal on the 27th. Have you been to these cities, all of these cities before, David? Uh, no, I have been to um, all of them. Except, I've not been to Calgary or Ottawa. Oh, excellent. Well, you're going to have a great time. Those are wonderful yeah. cities. I know you're going to have fun. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward to it. I always enjoy my Canadian shows. Oh, excellent. Well, for more information, people can visit davidcrosstour2016.com. David, is it possible for us to go on a bit 
from one of your records? Is there something relevant to what we've been talking about or your current show maybe that comes to mind? I thought you were going to say, hey, David, is it possible for me to take a quick selfie? <laughs> um, which is <laughs> not, not currently, but uh, soon the future will have that. Um, uh, you, you want me to suggest a bit to play? Is that what you're asking? Well, yeah, sorry to put you on the spot, but I, it occurs to me that it might no, be... No, no, that's all right. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't remember. I just don't. I haven't listened to that stuff in forever. Oh, yes. Wait a second. What about the uh, the um, the thing about, uh, I think it's kind of relevant now, uh, the thing about, um, I think it's all shit. It must be. Uh, obviously, shut up, you fucking baby. The thing about George Bush and terrorism and you can't win a war on terrorism. Yeah. That little run. That'd be a good one. Okay. We'll go out on that. During our current... David, uh, it's been a real pleasure to speak with you, and I I thank you so much for your time. Best of luck with everything. All right. Thank you, man. I think there's a very strong possibility that George W. Bush may, may, may go down in history as the worst president we've ever had. Like the worst. I mean, like really bad, dangerously bad. Like, and I. I don't mean like in a I don't mean like in a Millard Fillmore James Polk kind of way. I mean like sir, you know, it's fucking nuts, man. It's that guy is so you know I can't wait till water is twenty dollars a gallon, but we still got our dollar fifty gas. That that's good. We still got our dollar sixty two gas, but water's twenty bucks a gallon, and you know all our food is biogenetically uh, enhanced. <laughs> it's better. The pioneers were fucking suckers, man. Indians are fucking dumb. That's why they're extinct, motherfucker. Hey, Indians, get a Bible, then we'll talk, all right? It's called Manifest Destiny. Look it up. It's in the book we wrote. Thank you. You know, everybody's going, like, what a great job he's doing on the war on terrorism. And first of all, let's, let's admit it. The war on terrorism is a fucking joke. You will... You cannot win a war on terrorism. It's like having a war on jealousy, you know? You ain't gonna win it, man. That's fucking ridiculous. It's an absurd notion. You're not, I mean, you're not gonna, there's no, at no point in time ever are we gonna go, whew, got them all, everybody loves us again. No, that ain't gonna happen, man. That ain't gonna, all we're doing is making more terrorists. Every day we make brand new terrorists all over the world, you know, because people fucking hate us again. You know, everybody's treating him like, you know, he's really doing this great job. Like, wow, he's real. What a great leader he is. What a wonderful leader. Like, man, those planes hit. He was out there and he bombed that country. And who the fuck wouldn't have bombed the... He, he's only doing, you know, any, anybody would have... Nader would have done that. Nader would have fucking bombed Afghanistan. It's not a big deal. I mean, what the fuck did we expect? He's only doing the job that we sort of not really actually didn't elect him to do. I mean, that's not cause for celebration, you know? I mean, I don't come all over the place when the guy at the donut store gets my order right. You know, I'm not gonna fucking give this guy a motherfucking parade. I mean, what did we expect he was gonna do? The planes were gonna hit and he was gonna hole up in a Motel 8 with a bottle of Jack just crying in the corner, going, I don't know what to do! I don't wanna be president! I don't know what to do! No, that's not his job. That's the vice president's job, apparently. 
That's, I mean, seriously, I mean, I, you know, we're all treating him like he came in third place in the Special Olympics, you know? As a nation, we're like, hey, good job. You're doing a great job there, buddy. Look at you. No more tears. No tears. Come on, you did good, you did good. Look, here's a reporter who wants to talk to you, wants to ask you a question. You want to talk to them? Don't ask that question. Do not ask that question. Not for two years do you ask that question. Don't bother, don't mind him. He's an enemy. <laughs> oh, man. That, it's fucking ridiculous. It's embarrassing. I mean, he, you know, he's the same fucking moron he was on the 10th, you know? It's not like the planes hit and he ran around the White House taking genius pills or something. <laughs> what happened? Oh, my God, where are the genius pills? And we will shine a light of justice on them. And we will smoke those evildoers out of their cave. Oh, fuck, I took the hyperbole pills instead. I took the wrong pills. I took the wrong pills. The pills that made me talk like an eighth grader. Who put those pills there? And it's so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everybody's focusing on the war of terrorism, which is that much, if you can see that. That's that much of what he does. It's about that much. I'll put it down here. It's about, it's about that much. And nobody's fucking paying attention to all the fucking truly evil shit he's doing and he can get away with using the war on terrorism and the fucking thousands of people who died as a, an excuse to push through every shitty agenda, roll back civil rights, women's rights, you know, separation of church and state. It's all being rolled back, you know. And, but we're all, we're ignoring it. We're going, hey, good job on the bombing, <laughs> you know. And he, as I said, he's, all he's doing is making more terrorists. I mean, what was our humanitarian effort in Afghanistan? We're fucking, what do we do? We dropped pudding cups on the most heavily mined country on the planet. Pudding cups that also, odd, oddly enough, look like the fucking mines, for real. Like, that's gonna do it. That's gonna make the whole fucking, you know, that's gonna make all these fucking newly limbless orphan kids, you know. They're like, I love America. Thank you, America, for your delicious puddings. <laughs> hey, go out and get some of those pudding cuffs. I, that some of them are mines. Just, well, let's send Stumpy. Stumpy, get out there. Come on. For every family member that died in the American bombing, I got a pudding cup. I have seven pudding cups! Thank you, Uncle Sam! Yeah, that's good. Fucking people hate us. The rest of the world hates us, understandably. You know what? I would like to go abroad. I'd like to expand my fucking cultural horizons. I would. But I can't now. Because, you know, and it sucks because apparently... You know, George Bush's, uh, you know, expansion of cultural horizons, you know, didn't get past doing fucking shooters at Senior Frogs in Cabo San Lucas. That's all he was interested in. That's all the world outside of America he gives a fuck about. Get some of that Mexican pussy. Hello! And the, the, one of the most evil things about that fucking asshole is that he, he, is, a, he is a liar. And I don't mean a liar like in the typical politician way in which every fucking politician that walked the earth is a liar. I don't mean that. That's not special. I mean, I mean that fucking bullshit lie about how he cares about us. You know what? He doesn't give a fuck about any of you. 
He doesn't give a fuck about you or you or you or your mommy or your granny or your street or your town. He doesn't give a flying fuck about any of you. And all that, that fucking bullshit lie about how he's just like us. He's just down home boy. He's just a good old boy from Midland, Texas. I'm a straight shooter, man. I'm a Washington outsider. I'm such a Washington outsider and just like you, because I'm sure all y'all had the same kind of upbringing, just like me, you know, where your daddy was head of the CIA and then ambassador to China and then vice president for eight years and then president of the United States for four years. Yeah, I'm just like you. I'm a good old boy, Midland, Texas. <laughs> I'm just a hillbilly crowd. Go, hey, Deb, Neil, give me them silver spoons. I'm gonna do a little silver spoon, jingle, jango. Oh, silver spoon, Crawford, Texas, jingle, jango. Just like y'all. And now we're going to spend $49, $49 billion on, a, on defense, and we're going to... They're still talking about a fucking missile defense shield. In this day and age, it's been fucking 20 years, they're still talking about a missile defense shield. What the fuck is a missile defense shield, and how does it work? Nobody has told us. Nobody... They take our money, take, take money out of our pockets... And then it's going towards this missile defense shield, and nobody explains what it is. And you sit there and you press them. What is a missile defense shield? How does it work? Well, since you really want to know, quite simply, a missile defense shield is a net made of magic held in place by pixies. That's what it is. We have 70 pixies ready to go. They're all wrapped up, special Kevlar lining. They're in a bunker in Colorado, ready to go up there and defend our country. And, you know, and that's how it works. And it costs a lot of money, folks. That doesn't cost 100 bucks. That's what a box cutter shield would cost. That's what you guys seem to be wanting. What we're going to do. All right, yeah. So, yeah. And now, they wanna, now he wants to privatize Social Security. He's going to take Social Security and invest it in the stock market. That's fucking insane, man. Have you followed the fucking stock market? I mean, why not just fucking bet it on a horse, you know? What the fuck? Why don't you take all of our future ability to house ourselves and medicate ourselves and feed ourselves and clothe ourselves and put it all on Papa's mustache in the third? Yeah! That's good! Come on, Papa's mustache, come on! Oh boy, it's gonna be big. Yeah. That was David Cross from his stellar, uncompromising, and for me anyway, highly influential 2002 album, Shut Up You Fucking Baby, that was flying on a Mexican plane. This record is available via Sub Pop. It is fair to say that it altered me a little bit. And what a thrill to get to talk to David Cross. We were on a Clearly you could tell he was on a cell phone. There seemed to be at least a breeze where he was in Stockholm when we spoke, but that was the only time we could connect, and uh, it was a thrill. Thanks to David for being on the show. He's a, he's a good man, and I, I, I'm... He's... Yeah. You know. You know what I'm saying. He's wonderful. So go see David Cross when he comes to your town, because he's one of the, uh, one of the greats, if I might say. If you want to learn more about Creative Control of Vishkana, go to vishkana.com. That's me, V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. You can go there and figure out how to listen to this podcast on iTunes and audioboom.com. And if you do that, please uh, 
subscribe to the show, download the show, tell people about the show. That would be helpful. If you also go to my website, you can uh, figure out how to make a flexible monthly donation to the program to keep the uh, podcast going. Go to patreon.com. The, t- the, the show is on Facebook. Creative Control of VishCon is a Facebook page. We also have a Twitter handle, at VishCreative. I'm at VishKana. And a version of this show airs every Wednesday at noon on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, or worldwide at CFRU.ca. That is all for me for now. Some nice episodes coming up. Stay tuned, as it were. Again, vishkana.com for more info and follow us on the social media. Okay, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.